Well, hello and welcome to CDO Magazine interview series. I am Mary Beth Ochterberg with Molson Coors and a member of the CDO Magazine Global Editorial Board in partnership with CDO Magazine, MIT CDO IQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers, we are offering a series of interviews with thought leaders in industry. And today, I have the pleasure of talking with Mark Panthover. He's the VP of DevSecOps and Cloud at NVIDIA. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. On the technology front, what are the architectural patterns that are becoming more prominent? Well, I think we've all you know, heard an awful lot uh, about microservices, right? So um, now microservices sort of in the strict definition um, is, is probably a little less prevalent in, in most organizations. So when it comes to the, really the architectural patterns, some of the key things that I would point out really start with how organizations are running in the cloud. Um, so many organizations that are I, I, you know, very few organizations don't have, are, are, you know, very, almost everyone has a, a presence of some sort uh, in the cloud. And so the question is, when was that established? Um, is that, you know, to current standards? So what we see there from a sort of architecture perspective, from a cloud architecture, are the prevalence, is, or is the prevalence really of, of hub and spoke architectures? And these are developed um, where, you, where you have, particularly from a data perspective and data flow in and out of the cloud, you have the centralized hub. And from a networking and data perspective, you have you, you, you can manage that data and, and things coming in and out um, of the cluster or the, excuse me, out of your cloud in that, that sense. Um, so that was kind of a missing piece because a lot of the early um, applications um, that uh, or, or cloud instances that people had really were sort of um, shadow IT in many cases, um, or they were just you know put together um, to respond to something you know probably in a little bit more of a hurry. Um, and of course, the, the other problem, and this is kind of organizational, another reason for the uh, platform engineering the rise rise of that is a lot of the early teams you had very passionate people. Um, with a lot of grit to get things up and going and running. And that profile was the kind of person that likes to plow new ground and not, you know, sort of care for it and nurture. So a lot of the folks that set up these initial environments are gone. Um, so, and we were kind of, I've been coining the, the term, I guess, uh, shadow, really the uh, ghost ops really for a, uh, a coin, coining a term for that. But in, in what happens is you really sort of need to get that cloud architecture correct. And again, from a data perspective, think about data flowing in and out of the cloud and being able to manage that through a single um, area. And so uh, that's, that's you know, really kind of the starting point. Um, the, in, in the, again, the uh, hub and spoke architectures and really the use of the um, cloud adoption framework style landing zones what this does is creates uh, what we effectively refer to um, and, and sort of the uh, cloud architecture arena is a blast radius. It creates a very tight blast radius. So essentially each team, each environment gets its own landing zone. So really its own really cloud presence. Now all of these, these bits, these landing zones are part of the, the spokes and the hub and spoke architecture. So they are still all controlled 
everything in and out of them and managed, but it allows the teams to sort of shift left and have the autonomy around innovation and, and to start getting involved in and specifying more about the environment they operate in. So that's a, that's a key one. And once you sort of get that laid out, what we've seen, you know, that, that's kind of step one. And a lot of times we end up with customers, kind of um, clients actually helping you migrate to that model. So they'll have some early representations of it, but a lot of times they'll only have a small handful of either accounts or subscriptions that are for the entire uh, enterprise. Uh, we like to see that far more granular, um, or, uh, you know, much more down at, at really a, um, an environment level. So app team A's dev environment has really their own account or subscription. Um, there we could, where we can manage not only access um, and the resources that are in there with policies, um, uh, but cost as well. It helps, helps really to, to, you don't need a lot of fancy tools when you have things you know, sort of broken down that way. But then the real challenge really becomes to changing the way application development teams uh, function, uh, the way they think, the way they execute uh, in this sort of more cloud native environment. So, you know, previously they were just connecting back to a central uh, database that had, or, or data instances that they had set up uh, for, by the central data team. And as, if they could connect, they were compliant essentially, right? So now they have to really think um, uh, a lot more uh, about that uh, when they're working through it. And so, um, Anyway, so then other things that, that from an architecture perspective from, from around data is um, not just, okay, um, the, the platform engineering team is gonna stand up you know, a SQL Server database for them in, in my Azure account. Um, but then it, it really starts to get into, well, what about things like um, event streaming and event-driven architecture? And so you know, that's still data, right? And that's still things, those are things that need to be thought about and managed um, and governed. Um, and sort of the, the last bit on the architecture of data that we see is also looking to move toward more open standard platforms where they can actually use something like Kubernetes as dial tone. So I can deploy my database actually into a cluster and bring it up, down and manage it. And it's the entire database with my releases. Um, and it's really a powerful thing um, and, but, and it can, you know, in the long run, end up saving uh, organizations a lot of money, but it also requires some expertise, you know, around right. that. And so that's not something you want to start with, right? But you know, yeah. that's kind of the evolution, I would say, from our architecture, getting the cloud right, um, getting these landing zones set up. So in, in all of the information you've just given us is fantastic. Um, how does an organization that kind of runs in this traditional on-prem environment right now take everything you just said and think about moving, you know, into this microservices environment to achieve that fluidity and faster time to value. Um, what, what should they? What should they be looking for? What's their first thing? You mentioned a few things about really mm -hmm. um, thinking about that modernization. But what what would your advice be to them for the first thing they should be doing? Well, first of all, the cloud part, right? So getting setting up your first landing zone. Don't try to. You're not trying to implement like the sort of perfect beat all end all production environment. What you, what you start with is really focusing on getting something running in a dev cluster, for instance, with, with Kubernetes as an example. So the, um, there, there's a lot of layers to this. 
And one of the mistakes that organizations try to make is, well, let's get everybody completely up to speed on all these technologies, um, and then we'll get started. Much better off to um, sort of do that in layers and look at flow. So in other words, the goal is to get an application, a containerized application running in a dev cluster. And so you're not worried about every security aspect yet because a dev cluster has no external endpoints. It would be really kind of no different um, than thinking about running it um, in your current environment, just in, in a dev environment. Um, but following all, getting that flow from the, the standpoint of a developer, starting to, okay, I build my application, um, I can test this locally, I, you know, and build it in containers. Um, I push it, my code, it gets picked up by the pipeline and gets deployed in a very simple way to start with just to my dev cluster. And so start establishing flow. And, and by the way, you know, this is not that um, what, what I would call a novel. We're really just following DevOps principles, right? So, you know, the, the idea of, you know, flow, feedback, and continuous improvement. So we really want to get the, um, a, a group of folks, your initial group of folks, um, comfortable with that um, idea. And so that, now you're kind of, you're, you're, you're raising the water and lifting the development team boat, the uh, platform form engineering team boat, um, and then all the other constituents that really are riding along with the platform engineering team. And again, that's your ops, networking, et cetera, because they're providing specifications and continually adding to them and building on them because you can't do everything for day one, you'll fail, right? So putting some initial basic things there around uh, networking, for instance, NSGs. And so making sure that that's implemented properly with Terraform uh, as an example. So again, so, so really doing this with, with really modest goals and then building on top of that and, and doing that. And we really refer to that as sort of building out capabilities. So okay. the, even the training becomes pretty incremental. You learn the basics, um, then you uh, get a chance to get your hands on it, you work with it, and then you sort of drive your, um, your learning path based really on the curiosity of the team, but also some guidance, of course, but really let them sort of drive that. So folks, we've heard from a data thought leader today. I wanna to thank Mark very much for joining me in this interview. Please visit cdomagazine.tech for this and additional interviews with other data thought leaders from across the globe.